February 4th starts season three. Can you believe that? Yeah. Wow. That's great. Can you believe that? Yes, yeah. I can. Because I this is the growth of the vision, and the vision is coming to pass through the roller coaster challenges of life, and you have grown and morphed into the show that it is today. So I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to the next season. As we continue to expand and evolve, I love it. This okay. is the year that Maisha's going to do a new theme song for us, too, so we're going to make that happen. Oh. It's going to be whatever she does. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about it. You can do whatever you want. Just like the first time you did that, I didn't know what you were going to do. Spirit gave it to me. I just tuned into you, Robert, and the words just came. I didn't question it. I just did it. And mm. Love those positive vibes With a man who don't mind taking a chance It's Robert Wesley Branch Be well, be encouraged, be inspired Every day, hey, hey, yay Be well, be encouraged, be inspired Every day, hey, hey It's the Robert Wesley Branch Show Last week, actually the last couple of weeks, but really last week at the end of the program last week, we were talking about favor, favor, the favor of God. And I briefly mentioned Joseph in the book of Genesis, and we only had a couple of minutes left. Y'all know how that happens, and we run out of time, and I'm trying to throw stuff in at the last minute. We were talking about seed, time, and harvest, right, and understanding the season that you're in. I went into this whole thing about, and Maisha, you and I were talking about this just before we went on. I went into this whole conversation about how I was 27 when I first started at Discovery Channel, and now I feel like at 45, I feel like I'm just starting again in a different industry. Right. Because the business that I'm involved in now, I have no experience in at all. And I feel like now, just like I felt then, starting at the bottom and having to work my way up to the top and learn an industry. Right. And that's that's where I am and how I was sharing with the audience that no matter where you are in your life, if you're tapped in to your anointing, and I won't get too preachy with it or too religious with it, but if you're tapped into the flow of your life and where you've come from and where you're going and what special gifts, talents, and abilities, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about mastering your spiritual gifts. If you're in touch with those gifts, you can feel and see where the anointing is on your life. You can see it. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. You know what I'm saying, Dante? You can feel where that is. One of the beauties about that phrase, seed, time, and harvest, that's a phrase that's commonly used with farming and growing. It doesn't matter how old you are. A lot of people feel like when you've attained a certain age, well, I've passed my time or whatever. But if you have the seed in your hand, whatever's in your hand as far as whatever talents, whatever abilities, whatever things that you can do that gives you joy, that you can multiply, that's your seed. And you plant it, you start doing the things that you need to do and you work and you allow it to grow. And during that particular time when the harvest comes, when it's got season for it to come up, then you get a fruit. But one of the other aspects of it, when you have other seeds, other seeds 
come off of that tree or whatever you're growing, whether it's fruit or vegetables or whatever the case may be, it's more than one seed. So you can take that first seed that you planted and get something. And then the other seeds that come as a result of that, you plant it in and you plant that and another season comes. So when you're broadcasting at 27, that was your first initial seed. And now all the different harvests that you receive and recoup, you gain some more seeds. So all you're doing is plucking those seeds throwing it back in the ground, and this other harvest is now starting to begin to go. So is this a continuation of the seed that you initially planted? So it's not so much a starting over, it's just a continuation, it's just a different fruit. Now um, he has the fruits on the vine, right? so to speak. That lines up, I received that because that lines up with what Miles Monroe said. I've talked about this before. Are y'all familiar with Miles Monroe? Yes, the Bahamas man. Yeah, he's a preacher out of the Bahamas. And he was talking and he put his hand out to the audience. And this is exactly what I heard Dante just say. He put his hand out to the audience and he had in his hand a mustard seed. And he said, what's in my hand? And people said a seed because they had the monitors, the teleprompters up. And people could see that there was a seed in his hand. And he said, nope. What's in my hand? And everybody would yell out, a seed, a seed. And he was like, nope, that's not what's in my hand. He said, what's in my hand is a forest. Mm-hmm. What's in my hand is a forest. Because when I plant this seed, it will grow up and drop new seeds that will then be planted and grow up to trees and drop new seeds and will grow up and drop and plant and up and drop and plant. And when I look up one day, I will be in a forest. So this seed is a forest. Yeah. And that's what you just said. Yeah. It takes vision to see that. You have to have a vision to see that or you won't know that. You'll just be literal and just see that seed that he was talking about. So that's what we were talking about. And last week, I was saying how difficult it is, and I was speaking for myself, how sometimes it's difficult to let go of the previous season so that you can move in to the next season. My identity for the last 15 years or more has been as a television producer. That's how I saw myself for 11 of those years. Every time you said my name, the word discovery was somehow linked in that sentence some kind of way. Robert, who works for Discovery Channel, Robert, who produces for Discovery Channel, I was so identified with that. I called it the corporate plantation, which I said I can call it that now that I'm not on it anymore. Uh But when you're called to the corporate plantation, which I was, I was called to that, and I was anointed for that calling at that time. That's the only thing that explains why I could go from a production assistant to an executive producer in a couple of years. They hired executive producers, but nobody started from the bottom and became one. Nothing explains that except the grace and favor and blessing of God. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing that explains that. And so I was anointed for that. Yeah, and you were given the ability and anointed for that, but you were prepared. You know, a lot of times people take that word anointed or favor or the gift, and they don't cultivate it. You still had to do the work. You still had to put your time in and put yourself in a position. So when the opportunity presented itself, because you have that grace upon your life, that grace pushes you forward because you are qualified and you are able to do the work. It's a higher meaning for that. And it's not always just for your own benefit. At some point, the gift and training that you're doing is to help benefit others at some particular point. And you won't know until the season is over when you look back and say, that's why I was put in that position. But we never see it while we're in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And to continue with that thought, the anointing that I had on my life for that created mastery for that field and I understand that and I felt a sense of completion with that mastery which is why I was able to walk away from that twice in my life because I felt completion and I was very comfortable moving away from that into the unknown and now that I'm in a new season in my life 
I still have to and had to be comfortable with letting go of the old season because so much was tied to that. My image, my lifestyle, how I was able to move throughout the world on corporate jets and all the things that I've experienced in my life and all of that. The town car picking me up to the airport, getting off the plane at L.A. and my name is on a little sign and chauffeur-driven cars. I mean, I lived that life for 10 plus years. I was very used to that. I loved every minute of it, Maisha. And in this new life, that's not a reality for me. That's not a reality for me. So letting go of all of that, which I pretty much have done that. I started letting go of that in 2005. But you know what? It's temporary anyway. You'll grow into that in this particular phase of life as well. That's all coming and more. Amen. Here's what I'm trying to get us to, is to stay on this line of the favor of God. And we're going to talk about what favor is, what that is, what that means. And I can just say, just to bring us, I'm trying to catch us up from last week and then move us forward. And I was saying then that the truth is, and this this took me a minute to accept, but that as I knock on TV doors now, they're not opening. They're not opening. Even though I'm prepared, as Dante said, I've done that work. I can do that work. Those doors are not opening opening because I'm not anointed for that right now in my life. Right, right. And that's really hard for some people to accept, myself included, whenever you've spent 15, 20 years doing that. If, Maisha, every time you picked up the phone to get a singing gig and nobody would have you, that would make you question yourself. This is what you've done for years. Right. Uh-huh. This is a craft you know? that I've worked on and honed in on, and that's what I do. What? Well, I should be able to get work doing this. Exactly. So that's why it's important to go deep inside. And I've had to say, okay, what? I went to Matthew 7, where it says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be opened. I said to myself, okay, I'm knocking on these doors. Then I had to ask myself, well, why am I knocking on this door? Why am I knocking on the door that I closed years ago? That's a Mm. question. That's a question. Why am I knocking on this door? Here's what it says. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And so when I looked around and saw that the doors were not opening for me, that I was knocking on, I first had to ask myself, why am I knocking on this door that I closed years ago? And here's the truth. Money, maybe getting back some of that lifestyle that I had at that time. These are true, real feelings and confessions. Mm -hmm. And once I got down past that, I realized that that was never going to be good enough. So then the question becomes, okay, Lord, God, Spirit, Universe, for me it's Lord. Here was what my prayer was. Show me what door to knock on. Show me my door. That was what my prayer was. Okay. With you doing that, there's a difference between knocking on the door of an opportunity, whether it's television, whether it's corporate, whether it's entrepreneur or whatever, and then knocking on the door of knowledge. When you were talking about seeking for what door should I be open, to me, that's like knocking on the door of knowledge. When you're seeking, you're trying to find an answer. Because anytime we look for knowledge and we're truly seeking for that, we will get the information. We will get the knowledge that we need to know. Okay, you knocked on the store. I'm opening it up for you. All right, this is the door that you actually need to be knocking on instead of these particular doors. And I think one other thing that's key that everyone needs to realize is you closed that door that you were knocking on. And there was a reason for you to close that door. And so sometimes we have to remind ourselves that the doors that we close, we don't need to reopen again. And it's not so much because it's bad for us. That's just not where we are in our lives at that 
particular time. It may come back around. We don't know. We just need to focus on the fact that as of this time, that door is closed to me and I need to stop knocking on that door. It doesn't mean I can't do it. it just means not right now. I'm sharing this because as much as people see me in a generous light, some people, there are times when I have very real experiences that bring lessons. Well, you know, you got to pay your bills and you got to do this and you got to survive and you got to do this. I mean, that's what y'all talk about all the time. And I'm always the one saying, no, you got to follow your passion. You got to follow your purpose. I'm always mm-hmm. singing that song. This, I think, makes your point. The reason why, if I'm honest with you and every listener and viewer, if I'm honest with you, and this is what I just heard you say, the only reason why I was knocking on those doors was for money. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It was for money. That's why I was knocking on those doors. And so the fact that that door did not open for me was God protecting me, protecting me from crossing the same river over and over again and making the same mistake twice. It was a protection. Didn't mm-hmm. feel like it. Felt like a close No, door. it doesn't. And so it becomes very stressful, humiliating, humbling, all those things and above when you're not able to do the things when there's a need involved. And so to try to center oneself sometimes it's difficult because you got the stresses coming against you about well how am I going to take care of this how am I going to take care of this how am I going to take care of this and so when you like say go to that calm place or that secret place or that place of meditation or higher thought to be able to calm yourself so I can really see what the direction I need to go because otherwise sometimes we'll make the wrong decision and it'll make our situation even worse and the Holy Spirit is telling you that's not how you have to make your money you don't have to give up what your passion is to make money. There's something out there for you to do where you can have both. You can follow your passion and make your money. So it's like, no, this door is not open because this is not where you're supposed to go. This is not where you're supposed to be. Another door opened. That was the door that you were supposed to walk through, and you did. Maisha, I think the key to that is, I mean, that's a mature way of handling it. When you have pressures against you, it takes a maturity, it takes a settling for you to be able to center yourself. To oh, be able I know. You know, to realize that because most no, of us, we panic. We like, look, I got to get my hustle on. I got mm-hmm. to. I know. And y'all talking to still stuff with stuff, but I got mouths to feed. I got babies crying. I got a morning. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. life that hits you. And we have to learn that balance. So even though life is hitting us, we still got to quiet ourselves and still make the right decisions. Even if the doors had opened or the opportunities are presented to us, we still got to know, is that the right opportunity for me to take anyway? Because there are doors opening us to us that we're still not supposed to even take just because it's open to us. And that's something yeah. I had to learn the hard way. So, okay, great. This opportunity come. It's going to happen. Boom, boom. And then boom, I walk in. If I fall flat on my face, I'm like, what happened? I'm just saying that in retrospect, you can see now why those doors didn't open and he's happy that they didn't open because the one that opened is the one that was supposed to open and allow him to go into where he's supposed to be right and i would say this the life lesson for me is that sometimes you can forget what you know and i forgot what oh yeah oh yeah we do it all the time what you know forget what we know yeah i tell myself that all the time what's wrong with you you know you know why are you yep. handling this this way? Exactly. And what I know in that situation mm-hmm. is that had that door opened for me, I would have walked into a television situation that I have been in many times before. And it's like buying a new car. It smells.
smells good. You want to ride around in it and show everybody and enjoy it. And in six months to a year, it's just transportation all over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just transportation all over again. And here you are sitting there with that car payment and that insurance, and it's just transportation all over again. The newness has worn off, and you're back just driving a car again. And that's oh. what would have happened to me. over again that you don't want, that you don't like. Exactly. It doesn't make you happy. It doesn't bring you joy, and you want to get out of it. And then I would be sitting in that office doing that TV work, figuring out, as I did at Discovery Channel for a year, and as I did at my last TV gig for over a year. I was at that last TV gig for almost two years, and three months into it, I started trying to figure out, how am I going to land this plane? Sure <laughs> how did. am I going to <laughs> land this plane? Yes. Three months. I, I remember. Yeah. Three months into it, I'm thinking, how am I going <laughs> to land this plane? And it took me a year and nine months to land that plane, and that's exactly what would have happened had this door open. We were talking before we went on the air about how we, and this is something I've really been meditating on because I can clearly see a little teeny bit. God has given me a little bit of a vision on it. I don't see a lot, maybe just a little glimpse, but I can see how that I'm moving out of one season in my life into another and really sort of letting go. I'm more comfortable now with letting go of seeing myself as this man who puts on a suit every day and goes to a corporate job. That has been my life for many, many years. And that's what I know. And when you go through a process of reinvention and reversioning yourself, as we used to say in the TV world, reversioning a program, you have to sometimes really grapple with your own identity and how you really see yourself. So I've seen myself that way for so long that when I look at the work that I do every day now, and when I look at how my day is composed and the people that I'm interfacing with and the opportunities that are presenting themselves, it's in a completely different environment than I'm used to. But I'll scroll back about a year. And I remember we were talking about intentions right here in this space on this program. We were talking about intention. And I remember sharing with you all what my intention was. And this was about a year ago. But I had written it down and I was sharing it that week with the people because I had written it down. And my intention was, see if you remember this, my intention was to do work that satisfies my soul in an environment that feeds and nurtures my creative spirit mm-hmm. with people who share my values that makes me more money than I'll ever need or be able to spend. That was my intention. And a lot of that, when I look at my life, I have that. I've moved into an area, a milieu, as the French would say, an environment, an atmosphere, and the work that I do now in certain aspects of it with people who share my values. It's easy breezy. It feels good. I don't feel like it's a corporate plantation where people are mind, and y'all know the word that I could use after that, but I won't. They're playing mind games with you all day long where it's a battlefield of the mind. I don't feel that way now. I feel like I'm around people who share my values. I'm in an environment that makes me smile when I look around. These are the things that I said that I wanted, and I have them. There's a lot that comes with that that is very foreign to me, that is very alien to me, that is different from me, that makes me feel like a fish out of water. And that's just an adjustment between identity, between seeing myself as someone who puts on a suit and goes to a place every day. It's very different than that. So sometimes we have to, in order to build that thing that we're building that's ahead of us, you have to also, in order to build that thing in front of you, you have to sometimes let go of some of the things that have been behind you in your life. Absolutely. You just have to let go. Absolutely. You gotta let go. 
and be willing to see yourself. Be willing to peel a layer of your onion back and see something else in yourself and not hold on to what you've always been because you've always been that. And on some level, that's all you've really known. I was sharing with you all before we went on that when I was 27 and went to Discovery, I had done a lot of things in my life before 27. I ended up at Discovery Channel at 27. I had been in France and I was a production assistant. I was getting coffee and I was answering phones. When the phone rang, I would say, so-and-so's office, how may I help you? And I was a grown man. I was fetching and stepping and doing what I had to do. I was surviving. I was living at home with my parents. I needed to make money. I needed to get out on my own again. I had had several apartments, but had ended up moving back home after coming home and I needed to survive and I took that job gladly I didn't even know Discovery was in the Washington DC area took that job and I started at the bottom and I had to humble myself humble myself and answer that phone as I was a secretary I would come in the meeting and get more people coffee I would run the schedule for the executive producer that I worked for I was a secretary I'm just gonna put it in a very plain spoken way and that was very humbling for me and I feel that way now as God is opening me up to a new industry that I'm not familiar with and even though I've done a lot of great things in my life I'm a newbie when it comes to this particular industry and I'm open Michelle you helped me we had a conversation earlier this week and you helped me to see that in a way that I could work with that idea and do what I need to do. Michelle basically told me sometimes you just got to go in there and you have to be humble, still stand in what you know, still stand in what you know, stand in your experience, stand in who you are, be open to all of the learning that you have to do in this environment. And that's where I am in my life right now. And that is all part of that coming out of one thing, one season into another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think my encouragement to people is to not be afraid, particularly as we have this discussion on New Year's Eve, to not be afraid to shed some skin so that you can go into your new season. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid of that because it may be very different from what you envision. Many times we envision, I was thinking about this the other day too, I'm blessed like a lot of us are blessed to receive such positive feedback for the work that we do, the work that I put in on this program that we all put in. I get so much love from people from that. And sometimes when I'm walking in the morning or doing whatever I'm doing during the day to move my life forward and to move my vision forward, I say to myself, particularly if I'm having a low moment, I say, see all those people who give me so much love, they don't see the process. They see the end result. And the end result is what they're praising. They don't see the process of my life. They don't see the mm-hmm. low moment. The times when I'm vexed and confused mm-hmm. and don't know which way to turn and don't know how I'm going to make it from moment to moment and day to day. They don't see any of that. They just see when I've pulled it all together and I'm doing my ministry or I'm doing my work or mm-hmm. I'm putting together something that God has blessed me to bless others with. That's what Absolutely. they see. Mm-hmm. You hear me, Dwayne? Yeah. Right. So there's a lot that happens that they don't see that happens below ground, if you will, yep. you know, before the minute, plants start minute. blossoming. Mm-hmm. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I shared that not because I don't want people to think about my process. Right. A lot of times I think particularly people that maybe can hate on you a little bit, even if they're not hating on you, who envy what you mm-hmm. have or even admire, excessively admire who they think you are, they're not necessarily admiring your process. They right. might not necessarily want to walk through some of the doors that I have to walk through to get to that end result that they right. love so much. They don't right. think about that. They mm-hmm. might not want that. Everybody wants the red carpet, but nobody wants the path. 
path that gets you to the red carpet. That gets you there. Is, oh, can you say that again? Let's give some hope and optimism here in the few minutes that we have. When you make that choice, let's say we've absorbed everything we've talked about and we're choosing that today. It's the last day of the year and use your own example, but you're walking away from that thing or that person today. Here's my encouragement to everyone listening who has made that decision. Look for the spiritual encouragement from God. If the source is God, it may come in the form of people. But look for the universe and God to rearrange everything in your life to support that intention. Look for it. Look for it. From this moment forward, look for it and gravitate toward those soft spots of encouragement. It will be there for you. I mean, I don't want to get all deep into angels and stuff. Once you say, this is the path that I'm on and it's a God-ordained path and you know it feels good in your soul and all the elements of your soul, all your angels rush out to clear the way for you. They're making but you're it right, Robert. You. <laughs> yeah. You're right. They're making it happen for you. Now, how do angels communicate with you? And we do not have time to get into this. I don't know why I brought it up. Angels will <laughs> communicate with you through your thoughts, through your dreams, through little signposts, through songs that you wake up. And why is that song playing in my head when I woke up this morning? It's a divine communication. Listen to it. Mm -hmm. Spend some time in the quiet thinking about why is this song playing in my head? When you look up at the light and you just see a street sign and it says Prosperity Road, why did that work? Why did you look up at that moment and just see Prosperity Road? All those things mean something to you. Be alert to it. That's going to build your faith on this road because when you turn around, you're going to feel that season of suffering and sacrifice in your flesh. So the only way you conquer the flesh is through spiritual things. It's the spiritual mind that is life and peace. The carnal mind is the death mind. So the only way you're going to conquer the flesh is spiritually. You can't conquer flesh with flesh. Flesh with flesh is what got you in that situation in the first place. <laughs> That's not going to get you out of that. Here's what I want to say really quickly before we run out of time. And this is my encouragement to everyone in the coming year. I've been thinking a lot about this. This is kind of a full circle moment talking about the new seasons that God will bring you into. We don't have the time to fully go into it, but just go to Genesis 39 when you get a chance and read about the story of Joseph who was sold into slavery by his brothers, all right, left for dead in a well somewhere one day. And my encouragement to you is exactly what God did for Joseph. God will give you favor no matter where you are in your life right now. I'm a living witness to this. I talked a little bit about it earlier. It can be the most humble beginning that you start, but God will give you favor at the lowliest, what looks like to others to be the lowliest position that you're in in your life right now. Just like he did for Joseph, God will give you favor. He will give you favor if you're excellent wherever you are. And the next thing you know, you're going to look up and promotion is going to come gradually and slowly and slowly and slowly. And you'll look up one day and there'll be other people in that lowly position and you're responsible for them because you've graduated up. God will give you favor just no matter where you are, whether you're at the seed time, whether you're in the space of your life where you're waiting for time to fully come about or whether you're in the harvest stage, God will give you favor at each place. Go to Genesis 39 and read the story of Joseph. It's a great encouragement to your soul because many of us are in different seasons and God will give you favor in the season that you're in right now. No matter what your flesh feels like, he will grant you favor. When you get on your path and commit to your purpose God's purpose for your life, everything in the universe, your angels, all that starts to conspire to make everything happen for you that is on the path of your purpose. That's what's happening. That is favor. 
All right, so let me read two things, and this is going to be our conversation about favor. What is favor? So just let me read. I'm not going to read the whole thing about Joseph getting sold into slavery by his brothers and all of that. Go to Genesis 39 and read all of that. But I am going to read two little pieces that specifically talk about favor. This is Genesis 39, verse 2. Listen to this. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success, Success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes, that's his master's eyes, and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. That is the favor of God on your life. So that anything you're in charge of prospers and people around you have complete confidence in your ability to handle their affairs. That's pretty awesome. So they leave you to it. That's pretty awesome, isn't it, Maisha? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Now listen to this. Let me skip over to verse... 21. Now Joseph, through a series of events, and I would encourage our interested listeners to go read it for yourself. Through a series of events, Joseph ends up in prison. So now he's in prison. Listen to this. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. That is the favor of God. Wow. Come on now. Wow. That is the favor of God. And I'm seeing that in my life in this new industry. Every day I'm watching the favor of God prosper me in my life. It is eye-opening. It is so humbling. It's so awesome. I'm seeing it. Maisha, I've shared many details with you about this. I'm watching it happen. And I never saw this coming. Never saw it coming. But what I did see coming was that I'm going to walk in faith. And we've talked about that for over a year here, really two years since we first started. Walking in faith in the season of sacrifice in your life, which is also a season of suffering for many people. It certainly has been for me, for all the reasons that we've talked about. When you jump off something that is steady and known into the rocky, unstable waters of life that are unknown to you, you are going to suffer. You're going to experience sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You're going to worry. You're going to despair. All of that comes with it. And so to have an anchor of faith and all of that, and then to one day see the land after all of that, and then to set your foot up on that land after all of that, and then to keep walking a little bit further and see a house with your name on it after all of that? (laughs) Come on. That's joy. And I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to see, okay, well, wait a minute. I'm on the solid ground now. Mm -hmm. And I think something down around the corner kind of got my name on it. I don't really know what that structure is, but I can kind of see my name on it. Uh And every step I take, it gets clearer 
and clearer. We just have to look at the breadcrumbs on our path and be sensitive to where they're leading us. Just be sensitive in our life to see what door is opening right now. And then you move in that direction. Who's saying what about me? What are they saying I'm good at? What makes people feel good that are around me? And then you just analyze that. What does that mean? And then you move more in that direction. It's energy. You know, it's I, all energy. I like how you said the breadcrumbs of life because the breadcrumbs, they do represent life and they represent something that we all eat. And if we all take the time and look at our lives, there have been some breadcrumbs and we have eaten them and followed a particular path and then sometimes we saw something else and we deviated. But those breadcrumbs were still there. And so we have to recognize those breadcrumbs in our lives and just begin to eat them slowly. It's a path. So everything that we do, every journey that we take, we have to go through a process, whether it's short or long. There has to be a starting point in middle and ending. And I think a lot of us need to understand that and recognize those breadcrumbs, those signs, those seasons. That's the work that you're talking about that opens up the doors and provides release into new territory in your life. If there are things that you know about yourself that are not things that that you're happy about and that you feel good about and that you're proud of, then that's the work to begin to turn those things around. And as you turn those things around, new blessing, I believe, is released into your life. A lot of the success that I've had in my life, I received as a broken man. At the height of my professional career, I was a broken man. Broken. Wow. That's the only reason why you will become an alcoholic and do drugs and be promiscuous. That's brokenness. And I was all of those things at the height of my professional career in television. Broken. So you can get somewhere in your brokenness. It's totally possible. I'm talking about where you get in your wholeness. Mm, I just yeah. had a goosebump. You know what I'm saying, Maisha? Where can I go yeah. in my wholeness? Wholeness. That's what I'm and then talking about. Right. And your brokenness can only take you so far anyway. Materialistically wise anyway. That fullness that you're talking about, that satisfaction, that peace within, that joy within. When you can sit down and go, ah, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And authenticity, because I was not an authentic person. I might have presented as an authentic person, but I was not. What you saw was not what you got. I have perfected an image for people, and that's what I served you up. Yeah. But what you see now from me and what you hear come out of my mouth is exactly what you get. See, I was keeping secrets. That's what was causing all the brokenness. I have things I'm still working on. Uh -huh. This food uh -huh. situation, this addiction to food is what I'm still working on. That's the current challenge in my my life and as the listeners yeah. conquer the mountains in their lives whatever those yeah. are the secrets and heal the secrets heal all the things that you keep in the dark the duplicity of your life the compartmentalization of your life how you keep little things secret and held in certain boxes that only certain people know about once all that stuff gets cleaned up you're free to be used i'm free to be used and that's certainly this period that i'm coming out of in my life certainly was the hardest this has been the hardest two years that i have ever had in my life the last two years mm -hmm. been the hard, I've never had it that hard before mm. how old is this program two years so in that hardness something beautiful was birthed my purpose was revealed to me in all of that hardship mm -hmm. mm. so we can avoid the hardship and never get the purpose see if our goal is to avoid the hardship that purpose may never be revealed it's in that hardship that my purpose was revealed to me mm. right because the hardship had to break what was formerly there because you couldn't operate the same way as you did in those other positions it took a different mentality it took a different strength and stamina it needed some of that Robert but all that Robert couldn't know and so exactly 
so a lot of it had to be remolded and reshaped. And just like it took 15, 20, 30 years, however long it took to get that particular point, it takes time for us to bend. And the more we fight against it, that's the longer it's going to take. And that's not an easy process. And you're still young with a long life ahead of you. Amen. All of what you're learning now. You're young and this is wonderful. Look at what you've got ahead of you. My goodness. I think about our listeners all the time. I heard this phrase, as long as there's breath in your body, there's still hope. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. you could be 60, Oh, yeah. Young is relative, but I'm Young is relative. Our listeners, don't think that you're at a certain stage where it's too late for you. It's oh, never no. too late for no. you. That's something that I want to just drive home. That point. has no, passed no. me by. I can't do it. Oh, no. If that drive is still in you, there's still time. Well, let me say this. One of our listeners in the chat room, Bill, says he's been clean and sober since 1984. Learned long ago that I was as sick as my secrets. Now I'm comfortable living inside my own skin and being authentic. And more will be revealed. Amen to that, Bill. You don't Mm -hmm. have to seek after the kind of wholeness that I'm talking about that I've been going after in my life. I could have gone on and been very successful continuing to do what I had always done. I could have gone on and been a TV producer for years, drinking and smoking and all kinds of things. You don't have to reach for this greatness that I'm talking about. You can still have what will look like and feel like on many levels in your life a good life. As long as you're satisfying your flesh, don't get me wrong, that does feel good on some level. So you don't have to seek this. Right. You can have a totally other life in all of that and still feel, and that's a key word there, feel like you're a happy, fulfilled person. It is completely possible. Look around you. People are doing it every day. You don't have to reach for the kind of greatness that I'm talking about. If you're called to it, at some point in your life, you will look up and all the things that tickled your flesh will no longer do that for you. And then you've got to reconcile when you look around your life and see where you are and how much time has passed and how much time you have left in front of you, what your life is going to be all about. There will come that day for every one of us. It's up to you what you make of it once that day comes for you because it's coming. I didn't see it at the height of my TV career when I was doing all of that stuff. I didn't really see it then. I knew that there was a great man inside of me. All those other things took priority because it felt good and everything was being titillated. It's wonderful to fly around the world and not have to pay for anything. That's great. It's wonderful to be able to walk into a store and buy whatever you want. That's fabulous. Oh, yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah, that's great. So you don't think about necessarily when you're in the midst of whatever is making you happy right now, you ain't thinking about nothing but being happy and that's great all of that will last for a season there will come a day when you will wake up to all of that because it's just like that new car it's no longer going to tickle you in the same place that it did when you first got it and then what you got to contend with is that years have gone by now what Uh now what (laughs) now what now what you going to do? Don't get discouraged. Just to continue to look forward and know that it can be good again and that it will be good again if you put your best foot forward. Don't get discouraged. That's my point. It'll be good again. But if you rely on anything outside of yourself to make you happy, it's going to fall again. None oh, of that you stuff stays, yeah. including people. The people in your life who are making you happy now might not be there five years from now or ten years from now. I'll go here because I'm going to go real deep with this. <laughs> stuff out there. I'm 45 years old. I'm not married. I don't have children. I have not lived my life in a way to produce a family. I have to think about that. I wasn't thinking about that when I was 25 years old or 35 years old and living the way that I'm telling y'all about. I wasn't thinking about that. You will wake up at 45 and realize that you don't have some things that other people have that you might want. You got to deal with that in your private moments. 
So you don't think about that when your flesh is being tickled. You're going to wake up one day and life is going to have moved on for many people and they will have things that you don't have and the reason why you don't have them is because you haven't lived your life in a way to produce those things. You got to deal with that in your quiet moments. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I had to deal with the way that I was living that wasn't producing a life that I could love every day. I'm just saying, don't take time. Don't waste time sitting around being discouraged. Pick yourself up by the bootstraps and just move upward in a path of joy. And I know, here I go. Just happiness. Just seek and find happiness, not discouragement. Don't dwell on that. I know because I can go there. I don't allow myself for long. I find something that uplifts me and immediately the whole day turns around and I have a joyful day. But if I allow myself to sit there in my discouragement and depression, then I can have a discouraged, depressed day. That's all I'm saying is just don't wallow in discouragement. You might see things that discourage you, but don't stay there. For some people, it's another person. See, it was never another person for me. I was never in a love affair that was going to take my time away from being all that I was going to be. That was never it for me. What it was for me, and it is that for some people, love distracts them. That was never the case for me. What it was for me was career. It was profession. That's always the thing that has been at the top of my list. I always wanted to be somebody and to be successful. And a lot of that came from not feeling of great worth in my childhood. I wanted to make it. Are you trying to prove something? I was trying to prove that I had worth and that I had value and that I wasn't these things that people said I was. I was going to be somebody. And so that was at the top of my list. And so I became somebody. I became yeah. somebody. Did you prove it to yourself and to them, or you proved what it to What I realized at the top of my list when I became somebody was that those things do exactly what I've been trying to share this morning. They do tickle your emotions. They do make you feel good. Becoming somebody had nothing to do with my profession. That's what I know now. Becoming somebody has nothing to do with what you do for a living. Becoming somebody is having character and looking in the mirror and loving yourself, whatever that is. That's becoming somebody. You realize you were already that somebody. You didn't Having confidence have in who you are and who God made. That's what becoming somebody is. And I didn't know that then. Yeah. yeah. To echo that, I felt the same way. And that was the mentality that I had. When I graduate high school, I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to do this and I'm going to show them that I'm more than what people think of me. And along the way, try to prove to everybody that I'm this and I'm important and I'm special. And I had to come to that realization that, like, you know what? I am special. It's not about material things, but I had to go through all these pathways and also hearing the words of love and encouragement and just look at myself in the mirror and to tell myself, you know, I am special. I am somebody. You, I, I am somebody. And not only say it, but I had to believe it. Like Robert said, we're all good actors. When we're trying to hide something or we're trying to portray an image, and then you're trying to maintain an image. When on the inside, I am like, I am sick of trying to hold this thing up. And we all do it to a particular extent moving to the place of authenticity I like when you said that being in a place where what you see is what you get and I love who I am am I working on some things yeah of course I am I still love who I am it's not about trying to please other people trying to prove something else it's about my self-worth, my self-love, and being my authentic self. Well, I use the term I am that I am a lot, and I am that I am, and I'm happy about it. I am happy with who I am. I am happy with who I am constantly becoming and evolving into. And we have to feel that way. We have to be happy with I am who I am. Mm -hmm.
so many things to talk about, to reflect on, to look back on. Earlier today, I tweeted my confession and testimony, which is very simple, and it's this. I fell down, but I got up. And that's my confession and testimony. I fell down, but I got up. And that's what we have to do. One of my colleagues from the TV world, after I tweeted that, she said to me, I can relate. She tweeted back, I can relate because I fell down and I'm still trying to get up. <laughs> and I didn't tweet her back, but I was like, I can relate to that too. <laughs> Sometimes you fall down and it takes a minute to realize, oh my goodness, I'm down. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even really realize that you are down. I am looking up from a position of down. And it takes you a minute to realize, wow, I didn't even see that slip coming. And then it just happens and you're like, wow. And so we get back up. You know, we fall down, but we get up. So I think about that as I reflect on the last day and the remaining hours that we have left in this day of this year. What about you, Dwayne? I just look back over. I was just actually talking to my mom when I was in Florida and we were just talking about some great things that happened this year. And I said, honestly, a lot of things happened, a lot of ventures and the one thing that I had to keep in the forefront of my mind was that there was no time to waste. And everything that I talked about doing, I had to do it. Like, I couldn't just sit there and not do it. I had so many great ideas and so many things that I wanted to do. They were just ideas and I wasn't putting the, the pedal to the metal. So this year, I just made up in my mind that there's no time to waste. If I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do this. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking to myself, okay, it really is a matter of when we look at our lives, what do we want to see and what do we want to share because I can certainly look at my life I can do another look and tell you all the wonderful things that happened and there were many good things that happened and it's just interesting that what I chose to tweet was not about those things but that I fell down but I got up it's just interesting what we pick and choose on any given day to share and I thought about that as I was listening to you because you know I thought Robert there are so many great things that have happened and are happening that you could probably talk about isn't that interesting that's not what came to my mind when I sort of summed up how I reflect back but I'm glad you said that I'm glad to hear you talk about all the good things that happened to you because it reminded me in that moment of a lot of the good things that have happened to me this year Mm -hmm. I think the thing for me was like I looked at the past years of where I was and all the things that I dwelled on happening the bad things that happened I just dwelled on it and I never really took the moment or the time to dwell on the good things and how blessed I really was I was always able to point out this happened or this didn't happen and this happened. I made a vow to myself that I'm not going to dwell on those bad things because those things were bringing me down when naturally I was still being blessed. So it was just so much easier to focus on the things that didn't happen or the things that weren't happening. So I said this year, I was just going to focus on the good things. Not saying that bad things didn't happen, the good things just definitely outweighed the bad. The principle underneath what I just heard you say is that what you focus on, you create. So if you focus on your blessings and the good things that happen, you create more good things and more blessings to happen. If you focus on the negative, then you're opening a door for more of those things to be present in your life. So I hear you. I hear you. What you focus on, you create. Absolutely. I'm thinking about the biblical Noah who spent 20, 30, 40, however many years, it was a lot of them, building an ark. Think about that. 
hittest man is, just think about your neighbors in your neighborhood where you grew up. We all have a neighbor kind of like Fred Sanford. I know I did when I was growing up. I mean, he had all these cars in his driveway, and he was always under the hood working on something. I won't call his name out. There was always some stuff going on when you rode past his house. It looked a little junky. So just think of Noah in his neighborhood constructing an ark because there's a flood coming that he's telling people about. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? So for him to build that ark day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, that took vision and discipline and focus and faith to keep building that ark and eventually those animals and those people got in that ark and it saved their lives. Mm-hmm. Building something, you got to know what you're building. You got to know why you're building it. You have to know how you need to construct it in order for it to stand on whatever it is that you're building it on. There's a lot there. We could take the next two hours and just talk about that, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because when you go to build something, there's a lot required in building something. So what happens for many of us, and I certainly have done this in my life more times than I have fingers and toes to count, probably, especially for creative people, we're building things all the time. I'm always starting articles, stopping articles, letting articles simmer. I'm always writing little things on pieces of paper and napkins and computers. There's a thousand things that I'm building, and very few of them ever come all the way full circle to completion. We can use this program, for example, that little snowy day, February 6th, 2010, when we all started here, not knowing what this was going to be or what was going to happen with it. I mean, it's almost two years later. That consistency of being here every Saturday, when it was easy, when it was hard, just being here and continuing to put in the work to get a result for something that we didn't even know what the result is that we wanted, being authentic in the space and just building it little by little by little. And then you wake up and you're blessed. You're blessed. And the vision comes in the doing. When we first started, it was Anderson Cooper for me. It was covering the earthquake in Haiti. That's what we talked about for weeks. When Yanla was on and we had guests, the vision for it started to come as I got feedback, as I started feeling, what does it feel like for me to sit in this space for two hours and do this work? What does that feel like? And I started listening to my internal self about what that felt like for me and what my role was in that. And that started shaping things and forming things. It becomes organic. It's the same for all of us, no matter what you're doing. I'm sure it's a similar process for you, Dwayne, when you go to write a play. You have some ideas about what you want to do. You have a title, but when you wrap yourself inside that writing and in that world that you're constructing, it takes on a life of its own. And sometimes you might come out with an outcome that you didn't even plan in the beginning conceptual stages. That's absolutely Mm -hmm. true. A lot of times if you go in, like you say, with the plan, but once you sit down and start to write or you start to do something, it's like, it's nothing like how you thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about Dante because he always talks about that when he's here. He'll be here next week. He talks about how he sometimes watches from the sidelines until the play looks like it's going to line up and then he'll run out and catch the ball and try to run with it. Sometimes you can't watch from the sideline. You got to just get on the field and start building. And you find out things that you fumble sometimes, you get interceptions, you gotta scurry back and try to get the ball again. I mean, a lot happens when you get out on the field. It's easier on some level to sit on the stands and watch it all happen and go by you. That's not building. That's spectating. 
That's watching. When you're in the game, you're building something. Nobody knows what's going to happen when the ball snaps and the play goes. Nobody knows. They're all building it as it happens. They have ideas. They have a play that they call. Nobody really knows what the outcome of that play is going to be until we all get in motion and give it what we got. We have to get in there and build our lives because if we don't, guess what, y'all? Somebody's going to build it for us if we don't. Mm -hmm. I heard somebody say one time, if you don't decide what you want for dinner, you might end up on the menu. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you better decide what you want to eat or you might end up on the menu. And I'm one of the people, my personality type, I'm one of the people that will put you on the menu because I can go into a room and let's use a corporate example because this happens all the time in corporate America and people throw out ideas and people have ideas and sometimes people sit in the meeting and have ideas but don't say a word. See, I'm always going to put my idea out there and if somebody oh, likes it and decides to go with that, then that's what we're doing. Now, you might have had one, but if you didn't jump in there and put it out, you're going to end up doing what I want you to do. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. That's right. Same analogy. You're going to end up being on the menu. It's going to be my agenda if you don't step up there and put something out there. Yep. That's right. Absolutely. I'm so there with you. Well, I'm really taking a chance today (laughs) because I am doing this show all by myself. I should say all with myself. Earlier today, just tell you a little bit about what goes on into my world. Earlier today, we had our regularly scheduled show at 10 a.m. Eastern, and we started the show, and that was it. You couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear my co-hosts, Michelle, Maisha, and Dante. Silence. I heard absolutely nothing. And I later found out that you were hearing absolutely nothing. My co-hosts could hear one another, but for some reason, I could not hear them and they could not hear me, but they could hear each other. And to their credit, they went on and on and had a 30 minutes of a wonderful show until we all realized that nobody could hear them. So all of that happened earlier today. And I sat with myself and thought, hmm, that did not go quite the way I had planned. We have had many technical issues on Saturday mornings in the three and a half years that we've been doing this program, but never complete silence everywhere. That was the first. So we thought we wouldn't be able to do it. So I sat with myself for a few minutes and allowed myself to make that change in my head because, you know, a lot of preparation, or maybe you don't know, a lot of preparation goes into what we do on Saturday mornings to share a conversation that we hope that you will find meaningful and spiritually uplifting and enlightening and inspirational. And so I'm ready for that. I'm geared up for that. I'm prayed up for that. And when it didn't happen, I had to make a change in my head, in my thinking. And after I made that change about an hour later, I decided I'm just going to flow in the spirit and try it again. Now, isn't that a life lesson? To just flow in the spirit and try it again. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. That's exactly what I am doing. That's what this special show is called. Flowing in the spirit. Because sometimes things do not go as you have planned. They do not go the way you want them to go. Sometimes life surprises you. And you just have to flow in the spirit. This is history, as I said, for me. Today I'm making history on this program because I have never done a whole show by myself or with myself. I've never done that. So today is a virgin experience of sorts. It's me stretching and growing beyond everything I've known and done before. Yet another life lesson. Sometimes we just have to stretch 
and grow and go with the flow and flow in the spirit. So that's what we're going to do here today. I'm going to throw this thought out at you and you tell me what you think. Celebrity is a drug. That's the thought I want to share with you. Celebrity is a drug. And not only is it a drug for the people who are celebrities, who want more of their own celebrity, it's also a drug for the masses of us who feed off of celebrity culture. Who got married, who's doing who, who wore this, who's going where, where they eat, what she do. We are crazed. Many of us in the Matrix are crazed with celebrities crazed with them, fanatical in some way. What do you think the word fanatic comes from? What are we talking about? Fanaticism. Celebrity is a drug. And what I realized, again, doing the work is that celebrity affects celebrities in a couple of ways. A, when you're on television, most of us are not on television. We live our lives, we're never on television. When you are on television, you can begin to grow. What did Public Enemy say back in the day? Don't believe the hype. You can begin to grow a persona outside of yourself. A TV persona can be born based upon what you are projecting into the world on this television program. Now, the best among us can grow an outer persona that is congruent and consistent with our true self. So what you see is really what you're getting. Others of us find that much more difficult. So that we look up one day after a certain amount of time on television and find that we have grown this persona outside of ourselves, this television persona outside of ourselves that may have little to do with how we truly are on the inside and truly want to represent ourselves as a person. Well, how does that happen? Because you're getting paid, because you grow a fan base, people have expectations of you, the program that you're on has expectations of you, and if you don't continue those expectations, you won't be on the program and you won't be getting paid and you won't be visible in the public and people won't know what your name is and you won't be able to buy the shoes that you buy and the house that you live in and the car that you drive, all these things begin to grow desires outside of yourself and into this TV persona. And that's the drug. That's the drug. That you go on in that way and are almost willing to sell your soul for this TV persona. Celebrity is a drug. And I'm a TV producer, so I'm partly responsible for helping people to create these personas that grow outside of themselves that may have little to do with who they really are. Let me be specific. Many times when you're on a reality show, we'll talk about what reality is in a minute. There are people like me who are producers who are expecting you to do certain things. And if you're not doing certain things over the course of time, we might say you're boring or there's not a lot happening with this story. Is there really a need for her to be on this program? So you will find yourself doing things to satisfy the expectations of producers that really when you go home are not consistent with your core values. Many of us experience that a lot in the corporate workplace. So we work at a place, we go there every day, we sit behind our desks, and because we want to be seen in a certain light by those who are responsible for our work, sometimes we say things and do things and meetings that are not consistent with our core values. I certainly know about this. There are things that I would say in corporate meetings in my corporate life over the years. And right after I said it, I would say to myself, Robert, why did you say that? Why did you say that? I would go home over a glass of wine, usually a bottle of wine, and say, what were you thinking? Why did you say that? That was uncalled for and unnecessary. But in the 
moment, I said it because I thought it would make me look good. And I didn't necessarily care in the moment if it made you look bad. That's a persona, a corporate persona that was growing outside of myself. And many quote-unquote reality stars have this persona that grows outside of their core values, outside of themselves. So there are really two entities at work here. Let's talk a little bit about reality. Because these shows are called reality shows. There's reality and then there's a term called docudrama. I prefer the term docudrama because we're documenting drama in these quote-unquote reality shows. There's an intention when you go into these shows on the behalf of the producers to do one thing. And there's a real-time shooting reality. So when we're shooting the action, there's a reality of what happens there. And then there's the edited reality. After we've shot everything and bring it all back and put it together, we can create a whole different reality. That wasn't necessarily what happened when we shot it in real time, just by the powers of editing and manipulation. So what you're really seeing on television is a manipulated reality. It's a manipulated reality. It's been edited. We all know that. Many of you know that three years ago, I walked away from my last television job and I really didn't know what I was going to do next. I didn't know if there was anything for me to do next or if I had a desire to do anything in television again. I really didn't know. And a month after leaving that television gig, I started this platform and have been on this journey ever since. And about three months ago, probably about five or six months ago, actually, I had the opportunity to become a part of this Ayala Fix My Life team. And so sometimes we don't see, many times we don't see what the future holds. We don't know. We don't know. But you keep going in the direction of your gifts and your skills and your talent. You just keep going. Today, when the radio show didn't happen the way that I wanted it to with all of my co-hosts here with me, I sat with myself for a minute. I thought it through. I eventually let it go. And then when I got to the other end of that, I said, you know what? I'm going to try it again. And that's what I'm doing right now, trying it again. And it's a life lesson. We just have to keep going in the direction of our talent. And if you don't know what your talents are, well, that's a conversation we can have if you don't know what your talents are. But many of us, after a certain point in life, we have some ideas about what our talent is, what our talents are. And no matter what happens to us in life, if you just keep going in the direction of your talent, that will create that energy of doing what you know you're gifted to do will open doors for you. It's such a blessing for me. I stand there many times and I feel so privileged. I've been a part of six shows so far. About to do my seventh in a couple of days. And I stand there and people are crying crying and wailing and Yana is in her groove and doing her thing and I just feel so privileged that God allows me to be present and participating in someone's healing journey on that level because what we're asking them to do and what Yana is coming into their space to do is to take them to the deepest places of their soul and to stir it up and get clear and communicate it and to move on from that truth in an empowering way. And these are the things that none of us really want to talk about and yet that's what we're talking about with these people. So you've got 20 some people standing around, producers, crew, Yanla, spectators and you're digging deep in a way that you've never dug before about some of the most personal and private things in your soul and spirit. And to be a witness to that is a beautiful thing. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. Congratulations to Robert, Mr. NAACP Image Award winner. You deserve all the praise for the work that you've done on the Yala Fix My Life show and just for the other endeavors that you've done. You spend so much time 
celebrating others and acknowledging others. And I want to take my time to acknowledge you to our audience listeners. This is a man that works hard, that believes in what he does, and I celebrate him on this. And I honor you and I celebrate you. Thank yeah. you. Wow. Thank you so much. I wasn't, hey. I wasn't expecting that. I appreciate we, we, it. We love, we really love you, Robert. There's Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I can speak for yeah. everybody. In that Thank you. And I think that needs to be said from the beginning. Your name is on there. You work hard. You work behind the scenes. You need to be celebrated. You are a humble person. Mm-hmm. You don't look to do this. You are honored, and we celebrate you in this particular space. And this is just going to be a beginning of more things to come. And I just want to say that in your ear so you can receive that. So when you have those challenging moments, it's just a reminder of the love that we have for you and our listening audience when they give you those mm. words of comfort and, and encouragement as well because yeah. this is a journey and we do get tired sometimes and that's why this is a season of grace for us to be able to fight all the challenges that may come physically right now, sometimes mentally, that we can't continue to go on because it is about the work and you're receiving just as much as you're giving. So I just want you to receive that in love. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much for that honor, just to honor the work and the space and the man that I am becoming more of every single day. It's really sweet to taste a piece of success whenever you have risked so much in your life. Not for the success, but for your own journey to move forward. When you take a risk, there's a reward to the risk, but there's a gap in between sometimes. And so the last couple yeah. of years have really oh, yeah. yeah, have really been a wilderness experience for me. So to be in this place now where I can look and see the reward of some of that path, some of those struggles, to just keep it completely honest and true with you. I really appreciate you for saying that. There are moments when people don't even ask me how I'm doing because they just assume that everything is great. Who encourages the encourager? Uh-huh. Right. That's why I received oh, yeah. what you just said so much, and I appreciate yeah. it because there are many times where people don't even consider anything about me. They come with their empty bucket looking for some spiritual water uh-huh. as opposed to trying to fill me back up. I'm not complaining because there are people in my life who do that. I have to say this since you said that, Dante. I have to say this. And this is not in any way taking away from what you just shared, which I receive with an open heart. And at the same time, I know that there are people who, because I used to be one of these people, and I'm still one of these people, in some ways. When you share your public moments of success, there are people who look at that and it's hard for them to receive it for you because it reminds them of the things that might not be happening in their life at that time. And so what I want to say about that, and I'm very conscious of that, when I post a picture of getting the award or post a picture standing next to a Yanla Oprah or whatever that red carpet moment is that you see, in every red carpet moment, there is a hidden stain of blood, sweat, and tears. There's an untold story. Even even while you see that person standing there in their finest, there is a backstory, as we say in the business. There's a backstory. Nobody lives in the red carpet moment. You have it, it's wonderful, you celebrate it, and then it moves on to something else. And I was just looking this morning, I was making up my bed, and there are two awards that I've won that meant so much to me when I won them some years ago, and I stepped on one and tripped this morning because it was under my bed and it rolled out. So it, it all has meaning and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. It's not the stuff that life is made of. It's a wonderful moment, you have it, you receive it, and all of that. But really what I want to say is that we each have a season. Really, this is a Yamla season. Mm-hmm. This is a Yamla season. Mm-hmm. This is her time. This is her 
prime. She is 60 years old. And when I look at her standing up there with that award and her name is on the wall and she's the one that everybody sees, this is really her time. There are those of you who know that I'm there and I'm behind a lot of that in terms of content and stuff. But they don't nobody know who I am. They know who she is. This is her time. And I see that. I'm learning how to see that we all have a season and I'm learning how to celebrate other people in their season, even if I'm not where I really want to be at that particular time. Learning how to celebrate other people in their season, which is exactly what you just did, Dante, and I received that, is really key to our own growth. It unlocks the path in front of you. Because I used to see people's pictures, and I still do. I see people's pictures at certain places. I'm like, well, why wasn't I invited to that party? Well, why am I not there? You know, why am I not doing that? It's so easy to go there. Then we have to come back to ourselves and say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you, because my life is exactly what it's supposed to be now. And there will come a day, what, as Tupac said, where all eyes will be on me. And y'all and I are tight. We're friends. We're friends and we're creative partners in this process. And yet all the eyes are on her. Now, I know when I look at the television that a lot of the things that you're going to see are ideas that I've had. She'll tell you that. But nobody knows that I really exist, really. And so if I'm not careful, I will get lost in that. That's my human carnal side. Of course, I'm pretty mature spiritually, so I know how to sit with that and come back to myself. That's just a matrix pulling you off into another place. I know how to come back from that and keep my center. But that fleshly part of myself will say, well, it's all about her and nobody really knows that I exist. One of my Facebook friends, Miss Kenya, God bless you. She reposted a picture that I've posted some time ago when I received my first NAACP award for something else. And she kind of honored me for what she called leading from behind. Very important concept I had never really considered before. Leading from behind. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. That you may be the person who nobody sees that helps the engine of the car to go. That everybody Mm -hmm. does see. That does not diminish your participation. Sometimes we do lead from behind. behind. And the front person gets all the accolades, but everybody knows who's involved in the processional that were it not for this engine, this whole thing wouldn't be moving. And so you gotta know your place and be okay with where you are at that time. Because when you know your place spiritually, you know that God would not have made me an engine in this hour were he not preparing me for something else. See, you gotta be an engine before you can be in the limelight. This is the universal teaching for all of us. When I'm on the Ayanla Fix My Life set, there are people who find out little tidbits about me and they're so surprised like that I have this platform and all of that because I don't talk about any of that there. Ayanla is the star of that environment and I'm cool with that. I don't go there with all my guns blazing and you gotta know this about me. Nah, I'm chill. You don't know anything about me except what I'm doing there because this is about her. I'm very clear on that and I'm cool with that because the thing is is that when I come back to my life, this part of my life, we are are each a star in our own lives. Remember that, everybody. Mm -hmm. We are each a star in our own life. You can participate with me in this, and I'm glad that y'all are here. When you go back to your life, Maisha, and you hit that stage, don't nobody know nothing about Robert Wesley Branch. You Mm -hmm. are the star of that performance. (laughs) Michelle, when you're doing your thing, you are the star of that. They don't know nothing about me. So it's cool to participate with other people. That's why human connection and earthly and spiritual connection is all about. And that's how we grow and move forward in things. You know, we need each other in that sense. Mm -hmm. Never Mm -hmm. forget that when it comes down to your life, you are the star Mm -hmm. of your own life. Seed 
time and harvest. And those are seasons. There's seasons in our lives where we just plant the seeds. When I was mm-hmm. 21, 22, however old I was, working at BET for zero money as a production assistant for Billy Woodruff, who has gone on to make movies in Hollywood and all that and direct videos, and I was getting paid zero. Those were seeds. When I was working mm-hmm. at WETA TV 26, Maisha in Washington, for a woman yeah. named Sheila Banks, who used to be the co-host of This Week in Black Entertainment with Donnie Simpson, I wasn't uh-huh. getting paid anything. Those were seeds. So you plant mm-hmm. seeds at some point in your life, and then you wait time. Time goes by. That was 1986 and 87 that I'm telling you about. I'm harvesting some of those seeds that were planted after being in the business for 20 years. This is mm-hmm. harvest time on a lot of things. There was a whole lot of time from the seed being planted to when the harvest came in. So I understand the cycle of growth and regeneration. We're all on different timetables and in different stages of seed, time, and harvest. Mm -hmm. When that feeling comes up, hmm. What about me? I think it's great that he got that. I think it's great that she's doing that. When is my time going to come? When am I going to get that? In that moment when that comes up, ask yourself, what am I doing and who am I being in my life right now? Am I doing my work? Mm -hmm. Because I tweeted this Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. I think I may have even said this on the program one time. Honestly, I have paid some dues to walk in these shoes. (laughs) I'm just going to keep it real with you. I have paid some dues to walk in these shoes. And so if you're ready and willing to pay the dues, your time is coming. Now, if you find when you ask yourself that question that you're not really doing the work, honestly, if you really come back with an honest answer and you say, the honest answer is, I'm really not doing anything in my life right now to prepare me for that, to be honest with you. I want the red carpet moment. I want whatever the accolade is. I'm not actively engaged in work that will produce that outcome. That's the real decision. The reason why you can be in your own success and not see it is because you've attached a specific story and meaning to what success means for you. And when you get it, you don't even realize it. If success to you is the limousine and the red carpet moment, one of your biggest devastations is going to happen for you when you get that. Because you're going to realize it's just a limousine and the red carpet. It's a moment. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a moment. Exactly. So you're going to be, if you right. come to the, the red carpet empty emotionally, you're going to leave empty emotionally. Yep. It's yeah. just yep. a yeah. moment. It comes and it passes. So you were working all that time for the feeling you thought that that was going to give you. And it may give it to you for that one moment. It might last an hour. It might last that whole night long. When you wake up the next morning, you're going to realize that you're the same person even though you had that moment. And that's why you can look out into somebody else's life and say, I want what you got. Because it's the meaning that you're attaching to these moments. They don't mean anything other than what you tell yourself that they mean. If you need a statuette to tell you that you're worthy, something is wrong on the inside. Oh, that's right. That statuette from the right. NAACP does not validate me. What it does is it's icing on a cake that I've been baking for years. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful icing. Yeah. It's buttercream. It tastes nice. Right. It's wonderful. I'm not mad right. at it. I'm happy right. for it. Right. It only validates what I have been working on for years. It's somebody else saying, I see you, brother. I see you. And I like what I see. And that feels good. That ain't the cake. And if you don't get clear on that, when success does come, you will blow your fucking brains off. Because you'll be devastated. Because it's not what you thought it was. There are no problems outside of yourself. 99.9% of what you experience is a function of what's happening in your mind. That's where all the hurt and that's where all the healing has to occur. In your own mind. 
So when you get to the red carpet, you can skip through it and smile and be just as happy and wonderful and all of that. And you keep on going knowing that that's a moment. It's a beautiful moment, but it's just a moment. Where the real building blocks of character and success are made are in your everyday life when nobody is watching. It's how you treat the grocery store clerk. That's the success. Mm -hmm. It's when you get out to your car with your groceries. Do you just leave your cart in the parking lot or do you take it back? When you pick up some flour and decide you don't want it in the meat section, do you dump it where the pork chops are? Do you take it back and put it on the shelf? These are where the victories are. That's Mm -hmm. where your integrity is built, when nobody's watching. If you think that it just comes when everybody's watching, that is a vacuum that's going to be sucked out of you right after that's over. And you're going to be empty all over again. It's a really important lesson. Because I have the vantage point of seeing, as many of us do, very successful people who are emotionally bankrupt and empty like I'm talking about. When they take off all the makeup and the painted smile is gone, they are hurting because all of those trappings do not really bring you success. Here's what those moments do give you that is a drug that people need. Public adoration is a drug. Didn't Public Enemy tell us this years ago? Don't believe the hype. Hype is a drug. If you're addicted to hype and public adoration, those moments are everything for you. They're everything for you. And some people are living off of their own hype. They need it. Celebrity is a drug. They need it. And so if you need that and that's your drug and that's your feeding source, it explains why you will go on television and holler like a banshee just to get a TV show and to get paid. That explains that because you need that I'm just seeing it and observing it for what it is people will do anything to get their 15 minutes of fame they just want to be seen just scroll through social media and people showing their tits and their penis and their ass and they're you know telling you every single thing they do and they ate this and they they just want to be seen what they're saying is see me see me see me see me see me it's a drug and if you don't get real clear on that like what is really bringing me joy in my life and the older I get the more joy I get from the simple things in life and my character the simple things in my character like I appreciate the fact that I'm nice to people I appreciate Mm -hmm. that fact about myself Mm -hmm. that I'm gonna say please I'm gonna say thank you I'm gonna say I appreciate you I'm gonna see you in the moment like I really appreciate Mm -hmm. that about myself because some people don't even see you they don't even see you have you ever walked behind somebody and they just let the door close in front of you they don't even see you be a black man and walk through life and you really won't be seen people just don't see you they do not so I appreciate the fact that I see people and I'm going to say to you and talk to you how many of us have relationships with the people that pour you coffee every morning and know the person that delivers your newspaper and the people that pick up your trash like that's what I appreciate 